Welcome to another episode of Singled In, a gathering place for single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in their 30s and 40s, also known as mid-singles. I'm Oliver. And I'm Lindsay. Today we're joined by my friend Megan Solis. So excited to have her. I reached out to Megan to ask her to talk about kind of a not fun subject, but it's coming from a fun person. So I think it's going to be good. (laughs) Talk a little bit about loss and singlehood. Megan is really good about talking about uh, things in her life and she's experienced different instances of loss in the past few years and is good about talking about them. I always think loss. Yeah. I think sometimes loss feels scarier as a single because you don't have that partner to like help you through like, you know, something really hard, like losing a family member or whatever. So Mm. anyway, we're going to talk about it a little bit and she's going to share some things that have helped her, but yeah, Megan, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I live in Utah. I'm born and raised in Utah. I served a mission for our church in Taiwan. So I speak very broken, like second grader Chinese. So it was a long time ago. Um, I lived in Boston for four years. That's where I met Lindsay. Such a magical time of our lives. Absolutely. And then I've been in Utah ever since. I, for uh, about four and a half years, I was a director of culture at a tech company in Provo called Smarty. And then the last two years, I pivoted in my career and I have been a life coach, um, certified through the life coach school. So nice. It's fun. It's it's been fun to work for myself and I get extra time to like take up skiing and this summer I'm going to take up mountain biking. So I'm trying to be brave and start new things that I never did as a kid. So I love We're having fun over here. Yeah. It oh. sounds like a great career trajectory. Director of culture sounds interesting and fun. Then yeah. The flexible schedule sounds incredible. Yeah. It all sounds very adventurous. You sound like, like an adventure seeker. <laughs> well, I also am a pansy, but I do like to be outside. <laughs> Love being in the mountains. So yeah. Um, I, and I'm trying, like, as I get older, I'm trying to have a growth mindset and be like, no, it's not that I'm not good at this. It's that I haven't done it yet and I'm mm-hmm. not good yet. So yeah, a lot of that's going on over here. That's a great skill to have in life. That's something I've been trying to adopt a little bit more recently. I had to give like a training on growth mindset at work recently. And I was like, oh, I'm not great at this. Cause <laughs> a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'm bad at math. I'm not going to learn or I'm bad at whatever. I'm bad at cooking. I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> but like you can learn anything just give it some time. So <laughs> my friend just forwarded an email from, uh, I don't, some author that wrote a book on dating and he's like, make sure you date someone with a growth mindset. And it was like going through all these things to like check off. And I was like, oh, darn, I guess <laughs> not dateable because <laughs> I don't even qualify for those things. So yeah, we're all a work in progress. Yeah, which is part of growth mindset. Okay, I'll share one funny memory of Megan. I don't know if this was a one-time thing for you, but I think you like worked in marketing or something when we were in Boston. But I remember you were on a subway ad and I was like, (laughs) that's Megan Solace. I was like (laughs) waiting for the train and there was your face. It was, I don't know, an ad for the company you worked for, I think. I'm just... Yeah, they were just cheap and didn't want to like get models. So they're like, our campaign will just be you guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, um, and then I did have like a, 
I did have a small stint working at a shoe company called Kuru and they did the same thing. So I do have like a modeling career with just like companies that don't want to pay money for actual models. <laughs> well, that's flattering. Yeah, you did a great job. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I was just like the only one around, um, but it was fun to like, it was fun to see my face on uh, the tee in Boston. Yes. I, but I would like stand next to it and no one would even notice that it was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you probably have some, it, yeah. it didn't give me any fame. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's kind of like that time where Joshua Bell, who's like the most famous violinist in the world. He was at the DC subway playing music, mm-hmm. like just dressed up like a bum playing music. And nobody knew who he was or recognized like how great he was. So oh. <laughs> yeah. People yeah, are that's me. about their days on the train. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm him. No. <laughs> I think Lindsay Sterling might have done that once too. Did she really? I, I, yeah. I remember seeing a video about that. I was like, oh, it's Lindsay Sterling. She has a good uh yeah, I've seen her social media presence. So mm. I could see her doing the fun stunt like that. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, that's great. Well, let's dive into the topic and we can talk about some more fun stuff um, as we go along. But again, like I said, we wanted to talk about loss. As we've talked about in previous episodes, there's a lot of ambiguous losses, singles, and also um, definitely some like bigger events, like maybe turning 31 and going to the mid-singles ward or having a breakup or losing a loved one or whatever. Losing that are, a job. Yeah, yeah. That are, oh, yeah, for sure. I've had that before that are a little bit more like defined, but yeah, we're dealing with a lot of it. And sometimes it seems like when you're just like needing to like lie on the floor and not shower, it'd be nice to have like a partner to like help, help, you know, bring you some food or something like Mm -hmm. that. So it's a little bit different, I think for singles, but everyone has to deal with it in their own ways. So yeah, Megan diving right into the trauma. (laughs) Do you want to tell a little bit about your experience with loss? Yeah. Let me just trauma dump on you guys. Um, (laughs) We're ready. So yeah, the last few years, I mean, and there's losses, like you said, like that all probably all of us go through. Like I remember being in Hawaii, like for my 30th birthday and I was sitting with my friend, Christine, and we're eating that pie that everyone's obsessed with on the North shore that I can't remember the name of it. And we're like eating pie. I'll (laughs) find it and send it to you. Um, We're eating this pie. And I remember I just started like sobbing, just realizing that like, I wasn't going to be a mother in my twenties. And that was like such a devastating thought for me at the time. And, you know, I'm like, we're on the eve of my 36th birthday next week. Oh, Um, thank you. And so like, you know, six years later, still not a mom. Um, yeah. (laughs) Last year I remember being like, oh my gosh, if I get pregnant, I'm going to have a geriatric pregnancy Mm -hmm. from here on out. That feels awesome. Um, But so there's like those things, but then in the last few years, just to name off the traumas, um, in 2017, someone that I dated and loved, um, six months after we broke up, passed away in a tragic hiking accident. Mm. And that was, uh, so devastating to me. And then a year later, my father passed away. And in that time I was engaged and his brother had passed away on like our third date in the tragic motorcycle accident. So there was that, that we were dealing with. And then my dad was put on hospice and we were like, wait, this is really stressful. Maybe we shouldn't get married right now. So we postponed the wedding. 
And then my dad passed away that December. He passed away on Christmas Eve. And then um, shortly after that, my health kind of tanked. I have an autoimmune disease. And so when I get stressed, I leave my remission and I go into a flare up. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like lost a bunch of weight. I lost a bunch of hair. I like couldn't eat. (laughs) It was like a crazy time trying to figure out like what was going on with my health. And then shortly after that, my, well, he wasn't technically my fiance at the time, but like the person I was dating and like assumed through that whole process, I would be marrying. Um, we ended up not working out and we broke up. And so I was left with this, uh, it felt like a very deep loss. Like I remember that June on father's day, I remember just being by myself. I normally would go visit my mom, but she was sick that day. And my siblings, I think were doing stuff with their like other, like their spouses, families. And so I was just by myself. And I remember just sitting there feeling just, that's probably like the worst day of my life. <laughs> like, if I had to quantify um, like top five worst days ever like that day probably is it because I'm like oh the person that I think would have I would have been comforted by on father's day you know after my dad passed away is this person that I loved and wanted to marry and he wasn't there either Uh and then too it was like a couple months after my 32nd birthday which like I think people who get married young don't understand the significance of 31 but um we do Uh I like when we were engaged we got engaged a couple months after my 31st birthday. And I was just like, so relieved. I was like, okay, I do yeah. not have to go to the mid singles ward. Like that is the <laughs> only thing I wanted from this life. And I got it. <laughs> and I felt so appreciative. And I was just like, whoa, like God is a God of last seconds. Like, and this guy <laughs> got to meet my dad. And so it was just like layered. There was just a lot of layered grief that I was feeling where I was like, wait, mm-hmm. hold up. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm single again mm-hmm. at a time that like, I really didn't want to be single anymore. And that like, my dad is gone and the whoever I marry at this point, unless I like dive back into the archives of my dating life, like anyone I meet from here on out, is not going to know my dad. Yeah. Like, I think that was the hardest part of that relationship ending for me is I just was like, why did all of that happen? Like there was a lot to process there of why would God give me this person through this experience just to like take him away? Like that's kind of how it felt. And, and so I just was like, (laughs) I was very devastated. And so even though I had already like with the death of my ex-boyfriend Jeff, I feel like I had really kind of figured out my testimony of where I felt with like what happens after this life. Like Mm -hmm. that was a really dark time in my life. And I feel like, but it was very preparatory for me to lose my dad. Like I feel really grateful for all the lessons that I learned with Jeff. And so I feel like when it came to loss of my father, I had a lot of, I had already, I was very prepped for it. Like I was like, my dad is still my dad. He's going to parent me beyond the veil. Like Mm -hmm. I still get to have a relationship with him. Like Mm -hmm. just because he died doesn't mean that any of that has to change. Like I still get to be with him when I want to think about him and Mm -hmm. he can still very much be part of my life if I want him to. Yeah. Um, But 
it was like this other loss that I then had to figure out how to navigate, um, mixed in with all of that, that it, it was, uh, I mean, <laughs> that was all 2019 oh, and so wow. 2020 hit. I don't know. Everyone was sad, but I was like, there's no way that 2020 is worse than 2019. So I was like flying <laughs> high during the pandemic. Oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, my, my 2020 was last year. So, um, <laughs> I did oh, really? failed in comparison to how hard that year was. Wow. So Megan, um, thank you for sharing all this, you know, personal details with us. <laughs> it seems like I'll never leave any out. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we appreciate that. Like honesty is like always appreciated. Yeah. So it sounds like like what how life usually happens is that you just have like a series of unfortunate events that happen in your life after you experience like all those different types of losses how were you able to you know find the silver lining like how were you able to like find that optimism or like to find happiness after all that so when I had when uh, my ex-fiance and I were dating after we had postpone the wedding. I was like, that was really hard for me. And so my sister had re- reached out to me and was like, Hey, there's this life coach. that's like a marriage coach. And she's doing this marriage workshop. I think you guys should go through it. And we went through it and it was like a six week thing. And it felt like life-changing to me. Like when they yeah. started, when this coach Natalie Clay. When she started talking about things, I was like, wait, well, what? Like everything she was saying, I was like, the, like there's like all of these like mind-blowing principles. And so, and that really helped us have like a relationship the next because after we postponed the wedding, we dated for another nine months, which is like kind of unconventional. Mm-hmm. And then after we broke up, I was like, gosh, I know that I could this could like really be helpful to me. Like I had done therapy a couple years before that. And that was great. Um, but I, I just knew that I, I don't know, I really resonated with like the principles of life coaching. And so I remember trying to listen to other life coaches, like many people know Jody Moore. She's amazing, mm-hmm. but she's like very targeted towards Mormon, sorry, church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint moms. Um, and so still trying to get that in there after five years. Um, and so I was like, and I, I truly feel like the spirit spoke to me one day and was like, you just need to look up someone who like deals with breakups and has also been certified in the same school as Jody through the life coach school. So I looked that up. I found someone, she was kind of, I, I don't think she had actually been certified with it, but she was familiar with a lot of the principles. And so I started listening to her podcast and like devoured it. But I like still felt like I needed more. So I ended up finding this other coach, Dorothy, who is great. And we did, we did like a little consultation call that September and like a few months after we had broken up and then I was like, oh, this is great, but I don't want to pay for a life coach. And so I tried to like bootstrap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I tried to just like listen to podcasts and I tried to do, you know, meditate and do all of the things, um, you know, church stuff, secular stuff. I was trying to do all of it, but Christmas came and I don't know if you're familiar with the book, the body keeps the score, but Uh I think that is very real. And so like 
24th, like Christmas Eve, I feel like my body was like, Hey, this is the day your dad died. And then my, I like tanked again. And I feel like I was just like at complete rock bottom. And so I ended up and like, she had sent out an email that was like, Hey, for Christmas, I'm doing a half off deal or something. I was like, well, I think I'm a lost cause, but why not? Like I, it can't get worse than it already is. So I signed up for her, you know, not knowing that in a couple months, our world would just kind of like come to a halt. Um, so we started coaching in January of 2020 and it was just so helpful. Um, just, I think, so you asked, you know, what helped me kind of come out of that. And I think one of the things is in life coaching, we talk about that life is 50, 50 and that like, there's going to be 50% awesome and 50% terrible. And that's how it's intended to be. And, and Mm. we, we talk about that too, like, you know, opposition in all things, but Mm. then we get down to earth and we're like, no, like we should just come here and all of our dreams should come true. Then are that they might have joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that that's not how it's intended to be. That's interesting. And so I just started to really get Oh, like, cause at first I got a life coach. I was like, I'm paying you money so that I don't have to feel this way anymore. Like, I don't want to feel all of these negative emotions. And as time went on, just realizing that like, no, like negative emotion is part of it. And like mm. marital status doesn't have a monopoly on certain emotions. So like just realizing too, that like being married or not being married is just a circumstance. It's not an identity. <laughs> like mm. it's just a thing that we're experiencing and it's neutral until we have thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. And so some people are single and feel amazing and other people are single and feel terrible. And some people are married and feel awesome. And some people are married and they hate it. And so like yeah. just realizing, like kind of just taking it back to that level of like, oh, like singlehood doesn't mean anything good or bad until I have thoughts about it and I give it meaning. Uh-huh. And we have grown up in a culture that, you know, gives it a lot of meaning. And we yeah. all kind of think that it, it it's, a, it's a negative. And then it's like, means that something went wrong and that mm-hmm. some, like it shouldn't be this way. Yeah. And just yeah. coaching has helped me get clearer on like, maybe, I mean, it obviously should be this way or else it wouldn't be. Uh-huh. And I like about um, something you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about meaning, like assigning meaning to things. And earlier when you're talking about your losses, you were talking about kind of looking for meaning and things like, Oh, I met this guy at this perfect time right before my dad died. Like, yeah, I think that's a big part of our culture is finding meaning or making meaning out of marriage for sure. But making meaning out of a lot of things in life that happen for us. Um, yeah. Is that a good thing for us to do? Or is there a way to like put less pressure on things to be I don't know, to follow a perfect path or to have all this meaning. I, yeah. Something I've been struggled with throughout life is I think for me, I've finally come to a place where I'm like, no, not everything has meaning. Some things are just crappy and happen because <laughs> we live in a fallen world, you know, Yeah. but I want that meaning like in everything. And I think you can find meaning in things like you can make good, good things out of hard things that happen. But anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on like assigning meaning to things. Well, the thing is, is that we just don't know. And so I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, yeah, I want to give meaning to things that are going to serve me. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like in that story, you know, I gave 
all this meaning to meeting that person at the time that I did. And it was so painful to like unpack that and be like, okay, well, if that's what it meant, what does it mean now? Did God actually not care about me at all? Like what? <laughs> and so it it is tricky to create meaning like that, but I, then I had to create new meaning. So mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, my process was being like, okay, well, what else could it mean? And mm-hmm. For me, I came to this conclusion and this thought that I feel like really served me where I was like, you know what, for that scenario, like my person wasn't ready yet. Mm. And, and so then it got to become, it became this thing where I could hold space for this person that I really loved, but like I had decided that that meant we were going to love each other forever. And it was gonna, he was going to, you know, be like the father of my children and mm-hmm. pulling back from me at that and be like, okay, that's what I thought it was going to be. But mm-hmm. all it actually was, was that like both of us were dealing with extreme loss and like yeah. God saw fit to put us in each other's lives. Oh, interesting. Okay. Be there for one another. And a time yeah. that like, we did really need someone. I was really grateful to have someone to hold my hand and to like, be there with me in all of that process. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I recently, you know, when I was thinking about it was Christmas Eve again this past year. And I was looking through photos and that so many photos I wouldn't have been in if he hadn't been there to capture it. And I don't think he would have taken those photos had he not just had experienced loss as well. But he was like, I don't want you to have any regrets. I want to make sure that like you're in the frame as well. Cause I'm like the photo girl in the family. I'm the photographer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I pull back the, this like meaning that I had created originally and I create space to find new meaning, you know, I get to come to this place of gratitude of like, you know, I'm really grateful that we had each other for that year. That was extremely Mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. And like, I also did this exercise of kind of going to my future self of the person who like has all the things that I want, like Mm -hmm. the husband and the couple cute little kids. Mm -hmm. And we're like living life and we're doing it, you know? And like, we're like the, the, the life that I envision that's going to make me so happy, which I mean, newsflash, it's probably going to also just be a 50, 50 experience. So, but I'm sure I'll be happy about it. And so like the coming from that space of like, how does she see these losses? Like, how does she experience them? And it was a really cool experience to just realize like, Oh, like, she's just like, so grateful that he was there, but like, he wasn't it. So like, she's glad it ended so that she could have this mm-hmm. other person that she is super in love with and is excited about. And I think that with anything, like, as we have, um, one time when I was going through a breakup and I was so devastated about it, I had this, like, I feel like I was like talking with God, but it didn't really happen, but it just felt like, like, what if I had this conversation with God where he's like, Hey, I know you really liked that guy, but listen, he's not it. Like there is someone else out here for you and he's the best and you're going to love him so much. And he's going to make you laugh and you're going to have the best time together. And you're going to make the cutest kids. Like the only reason we're so sad that we experience a loss is because of how we felt like how we assumed it would feel to keep having that in our life. Mm, Ongoing. Yeah. And so, and that's like everything, like everything we do or don't do is we're trying to we're, we're trying to get to some feeling that we think we'll get to feel if we have it. So like with marriage, we're like, Oh, 
well, I think marriage is going to make me feel fulfilled. It's going to make me feel wanted and desired and loved and cared for. And so like, that's why I want it. But like some people's marriages feel like total garbage and they hate it and they feel trapped and they look at us and they're like, man, if only at least you're free, at least you have like freedom to go do whatever you want. Like I, like I had a conversation with that, like that with a friend where they're like, I feel so trapped. Mm -hmm. At least you're free. And I was like, yeah. Mm. Okay, I guess that's like another way to look. No, I think it's really valid. I love the freedom. (laughs) So yeah. So it is valid, but I think sometimes we don't feel like it's okay to look at the parts of singlehood that are like really amazing. Like we have to like downplay those and be like, well, no, like I don't know. I think in so many ways we just like think it's a second rate life. And a couple like a year ago in conference, I feel like they said that there was 53% of the adult population in the church was single. And so I just think like, would God really want 53% of his children, like over half of his children to feel like their life is less meaningful and Mm -hmm. that he actually would feel that way? Like highly doubt it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a great point. Highly doubt it. So I think another thing that's helped me is just pulling back this idea that the only reason we came to earth was to like get married and have a family. (laughs) Yeah. Because if that is real. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. And we're all faithful people who are covenant, covenant people. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I don't believe in a God who would set us up for that sort of um, expectation. And then like, not follow through with like helping us all attain it. Like there has to be more to this earth life than just that. Yeah. I mean, that you bring up a great point there. Cause like, where did we even get that idea? Like, it's not like God and Moses one is saying, this is my work and my glory for my children to marry each other. Mm-hmm. He's saying to bring to pass the immortality and internal life of man. And also in our doctrine is like this conversation in the pre-mortal existence that like brought about our earth life where God was like, I want you to come down to earth and to like learn and to grow. There was no, there was no mention of marriage there, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, obviously we have other doctrine about again, which is like more niche doctrine about reaching like the highest degree of the celestial kingdom, but you know, through marriage, but then also there's our culture that is really the strongest player there in making us feel like, again, those second rate citizens well, in the church crazy. not being married. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely- crazy. I don't know. I talked to my married friends and I don't know. They're just also out there living, having a 50, 50 experience. Like, mm-hmm. like, I remember talking to my friend the other day who I would assume has just this picturesque life. Like husband has a great job. They have a beautiful relationship. They have four beautiful children, like two girls, two boys. Like it seems so out from the outside looking in, I'm like, gosh, you, you did it. You did the thing that we were supposed to do, but like talking to her, I mean, she's happy, but she still doesn't feel like she's arrived in any way. Like she's like, oh, if only we could live here. And if only this could be a thing. And I was just like, wait, if you're not even like that satisfied with your life, I'm over here, not even close to where you're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe I shouldn't like if where you're at is also going to feel the same. Maybe it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there isn't better than here. And I think that's been a thought that has given me a lot of peace in my life of like, it always feels like that. Like it feels like, oh, if, if only I just get. And we all do this, like married people do this too. Mm -hmm. 
Is it like, oh, if only once we like get married and then once we have kids and once we can buy a house and once we can buy a bigger house and I don't know, we're always just like chasing what we think these things are going to make us feel. But like, Mm -hmm. what's so cool is that like when we realize that so much of our life is created by the thoughts that we have about it, we get to access all of the feelings we want to feel right now because if our thoughts create our feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, we just get to decide to have thoughts that create the feelings that we want to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so I think with all of this loss that I've experienced over the last few years, that's just been so helpful to me to realize like, none of this loss is making me feel anything. My thoughts about loss are what's making me feel good or bad or whatever. And like, like with my dad, it's like super, it comes really naturally to me to have like really kind of great thoughts about death. <laughs> and like, I'm to the point where when people die, I mean, I'm a little sad, but I'm mostly like, good for you. Like it's going to be freaking awesome. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, but that's like all in my brain. Maybe it's not like, maybe it's actually going to be terrible. And my dad's having a terrible time right now. Like who knows? Yeah. yeah. There's so much, we just don't know. And I think there's just so much power in recognizing that, like, I don't know, we get yeah. to just think whatever we want about all of it. Yeah. yeah, that's a big principle in cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. is like your feelings come from your thoughts. And so if you change your thoughts, then you can start feeling better. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's helped me a lot. Megan, I really like the I really like the comment that you made about how married people also experience losses, which it sounds it sounds pretty obvious, but as mid singles, that's not our goal as marriage. And once you're married, then all your dreams will come true, and you'll and you'll <laughs> be happy. But that's not the case. Like even as a married person, you still can and you will experience loss. I really like I really liked how you talked about how your married friends were like, oh man, like. I, I miss like being single. So that's like their version of a loss where for us, we kind of feel like, oh, we don't have, we don't have that relationship. We don't have that marriage. So that kind of feels like a loss for us. So both, both parties are experiencing loss. Well, and to go along with that, I was talking to my sister and I was like, you know, sometimes I think I get worried about getting married because I feel like I'm just going to be behind. Like right now, I don't really compare myself to my married friends because we just have such different lives. But I'm like, as soon as I get married, I'm going to be like, gosh, I'm 15 years behind all of you. Mm-hmm. And, and so just talking about like, I know that that's not real, but like it feels that way. And my sister was like, and my sister, I'm the youngest of seven kids. I have like 50 nieces and nephews, uh, big family. And my sister is like on the tail end of that. Like her kids are getting older. Her youngest two are in high school. The, her other four are like moved on or married, also having children. And she was like, gosh, Meg, like as you were talking about being behind, I was just thinking that I wish I could do it all over again. Like it's huh. just all gone too fast. Oh, and I was like, what? Yeah, she was like, honestly, I'm like a little jealous of you. Like you got to live this big, beautiful life. Mm -hmm. You traveled, like you lived in Boston for four years. You've had all these relationships. You've learned all these things. You have this career. She's like, and then you get to just like also do all the things I did too. Mm -hmm. And it was just fascinating to me because like that just wasn't a thought that my brain even had access to before she shared it with me. Yeah. <laughs> and 
like, it just is helpful for me to reframe that of like, oh, I get to actually see this however I want to see it. And we don't have to feel bad with the fact that we're single. And like one night late, it was late. And I just remember I had this like very, because I, I mentioned I'm a coach and I feel like it's like my calling to be like the Jody Moore for single people. So I feel like in our church, there is a need there for people like us to like manage our minds around this life situation that we really didn't think we'd ever be in. So I was thinking about that and thinking about like, I don't know, just programs and things I wanted to do that could be helpful. And I just had this like very distinct thought that was like singlehood shouldn't be synonymous with suffering. Mm. Mm. I feel like that's come up before. I don't know why that's ringing a bell for me, but go yeah. on. It rings I'm sure true. God has given that thought to other people. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I just like, <sighs> Lindsay, I don't know. Were you, were you in the ward when Bishop, oh, what? Thomas? The next one. Who was it? I can't remember, but his, his wife's name was Roz. Okay. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I, I like her already. <laughs> and she has, she passed away either last year or the year before, which is uh, devastating. She was amazing. But I remember her talking. She like did a, it was like a panel with her and the other women of the bishopric, mm-hmm. all the bishoprics wives. And they had all met in Longfellow Park First Ward in Boston, which was really cool. And they all met later. They all got married in their, their late 20s or their 30s. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So we were like all like just eating it up what they were oh, talking about. They met as singles and then they were all uh, serving in the singles ward. Later. Yeah. It was so awesome. So yeah. I remember just like eating up every word that they were saying. And Roz was so cool. She got married at like 35 or 36 and had this like cool career. And she was talking about, she's like, I just always envision after this life that we're like sitting around a campfire and we're like sharing stories about what we did with our lives. And she's like, I just, she's like, when I was single, I just, you know, I didn't, if I died when I was still single, I didn't want it to become my turn around the campfire. And for me to just be like, I was sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I watched a lot of Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I haven't thought about that story in so long, but it came to mind and it's crazy to think that she's probably already had that experience that like campfire experience Oh, passing away. And like, she gets to just share what a beautiful, rich life she had. And I think God wants that for all of us. And that like the therapist that I had years ago, she, when Jeff passed away, my ex-boyfriend, she looked me in the eyes and she was like, Megan, loss is gain. Mm. Loss is gain. So what is Jeff giving you? And I remember I was so ticked at the time. Cause I was like, I don't know. He's not giving me anything but sadness. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as time has gone on, like I have received so many gains and even from like the loss of what I thought was going to be this like eternal union with my ex fiance, like I've been given this opportunity to now coach people who are in really similar situations that I've been in a lot of a lot of my clients are people going through breakups or people getting divorced and like going back into this like period and season of singlehood. And it's just been beautiful to realize that like, yeah, life isn't just about having our dreams come true. It's about like having a human experience. And that includes all of it. Mm, I love that human experience. 
So Megan and Lindsay, I have mm-hmm. a question that I want to ask you guys. I feel like as members of the church, we often hear the phrase, uh, it, things happen for a reason. Now, I don't know if that's like a phrase that the rest of the world hears, but I think we, especially as church members, hear that a lot, that there's things happen for a reason, like God made this happen because, you know, something was supposed to come out of it. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that phrase? Like, do you agree with it? Do you think it's troublesome? Do you think there's some truth behind it? I mean, I'll share briefly. I think what I was saying earlier before about attaching meaning thing to things is at least true for me right now in that I don't think everything has like a direct meaning or I don't think necessarily God is like hand delivering all these challenges to us, but I, and me, and I think there probably is some orchestration, but uh, for me, it's been more helpful for me to just recognize like we live in a fallen world. And so that's the reason things are happening is because people have agency, like we're here for learning and growth, which means we have to go through hard things in order to learn and grow. So yeah, I think that's the only reason for me of why things happen. But I also, for sure, again, I'm going to keep working through this throughout my life, probably assigning meaning to these things or whatnot. But I also have seen in my life how different challenges have helped me to grow in different new ways that I needed. So there's probably is some orchestration by God um, or the universe or I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still working that out for myself for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I still really like thinking that things happen for a reason and yeah. I know that God doesn't serve everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But I think on some level it serves me and like, I love thinking that my dad is just like up there, like orchestrating things. And I'm like, Hey, like, you know, like, I don't, you, you probably know who this guy is. So like figure out how to get us together. Like, I like thinking that my dad is involved and that's kind of helped me. I, I, it'd be awesome if I could have that kind of relationship with God. It feels a little more like nuanced and like intangible a little bit with him, but having my earthly father pass away has helped me be able to kind of think like, okay, maybe there's like this other guy up there that cares about me and hopefully a mother too. And that they Mm -hmm. care about my life and that like the things that are happening are meaningful. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately the meaning I like to give my life is that like it's eternal Mm -hmm. and that the promises that God has promised us are not just like for right now. And they're not just like, they can only happen in between like the age of 21 and 30, 30, you know, like being able to recognize that like, and believe, like, I like to believe that like all the promises that God has given us are real and that we're going to get all the things that we want at some point. It might not be today or tomorrow, or, and it might not even be in this Mm -hmm. life, which is like kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're going to get everything, mm-hmm. like if it, then it's already ours mm-hmm. and I get to already enjoy it. Like, I know maybe this is, maybe I've just like gone like 
cuckoo for cocoa puffs over here. But like, I sometimes enjoy spending time with my husband and kids in my brain because I'm like, well, they're mine already. So like, why can't I enjoy them already? Mm, I love that. So I'll just like hang out with them and I'll be like, yeah, what would it feel like to like come home to my husband cooking us a nice meal? <laughs> I love it. We, we, we um, don't care about gender roles over here. And like, you know, having my kids, like I just, we get to create whatever we want with our brains. And so I like to spend time creating things that like bring me happiness and like peace. And that that is one of those things of like enjoying things that I want before I physically have them. I think it's someone who is smarter than I am could talk about quantum physics and how that's Mm -hmm. all like related. Yeah. I mean, I think think like eternity then that means everything is present with us now. So, yeah. And so like, how would you show up in your life if you already had all the things that you wanted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's like, that? and if you felt like you were going to get everything that you want, like, would this time really be that sad? Or would it be more like, gosh, I've got a lot to do before I get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, you know, yeah. the day is going to come where we get all the things and like, how are we going to feel about this time? Like, are we going to have regrets? Or are we going to be like, I lived it up mm-hmm. I did all the things that like I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel bad about going on trips and I didn't feel bad about like having a career. And mm-hmm. I don't know all of these things that sometimes we undermine or think aren't that important. I think yeah, like, it all is like, it's not everything about our lives. I think is important to our heavenly parents. Mm-hmm. And they're not just over there being like, oh, but they don't have any kids yet. Like, <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't see them. No. I, don't see I, I don't identify with like parents that would be that way. Like, I think they're just like, wow, they're out here and they're like doing it. And it's mm-hmm. hard. It's not easy to like do things by mm-hmm. yourself. Like mm-hmm. it's challenging, but they're like learning and growing and becoming and And like my sister said, like, she's like, you get to have this like different, beautiful life. Mm -hmm. And then you also get all the things we get. So like, it's not, it doesn't have to be as painful as like we, Mm -hmm. we make it out to be, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it is still painful. I don't want to, I don't want to say that it isn't, but I think a lot of the pain and suffering that comes from it is from arguing with reality uh-huh. and the reality is like we all just came down here to have a different experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of the experiences are good mm-hmm. yeah mm. I really liked what you said earlier about your therapist telling you that loss is gain I think we sometimes focus too much on the loss but we don't recognize what we learn from that loss yeah when it's weird but I honestly kind of feel bad that not everyone has a dead parent (laughs) because it just feels so special to me to have someone on the other side who loves me more than anyone. Like Mm -hmm. that's so comforting to me when I'm going through hard things. And I guess like, again, I should probably get that kind of comfort from like God, but I don't turns out. So that feels like it just feels so special like, I just feel really like anytime things happen, I'm like, you know what? My dad's on it. Like if anyone's going to be on it, it's going to be my dad. And so like the last four years, I've just had this sense of peace about my life that I'm like, 
he's, he's doing it. Like, and I, again, it could be fake and he's may, might not be doing anything, but it really serves me to think that. So I yeah, like to, I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's really interesting that like comparison, I guess, with like having a dad who's like on the other side of the veil, supporting you from the spirit world. And then really we all have our heavenly father and mother, you know, heavenly parents who are, who are also serving that role. So I think sometimes in like good scenarios, our earthly parents can serve kind of as a model for our heavenly parents. So we really understand that concept and uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, utilize it to its fullest potential, like seek out that support from the other side. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Oliver, what was your answer to the everything happens for a reason? (laughs) Honestly, sometimes when I hear that, it's not like comforting to me because I kind of feel like that's an easy out of saying like, oh, you know, my sympathies are like, like minimizing yeah or maybe that's like their way of like trying to make everything better is just by saying oh things happen for a reason like you'll get your answer for why this happened eventually but in some cases yeah it is comforting other cases it's not um i do like the idea well not the idea but i do like knowing that you know we do have heavenly parents that are involved in our lives which is kind of hard to think about because there's like billions of us here on earth and they're like intricately involved in each and each and every one of our lives. So I do like that um, idea of knowing that they are watching over us and that they do know what's best for us. And so if that means they got to send us, you know, a loss or two or an obstacle that we have to learn to overcome. I mean, it is eventually for our benefit, like Megan said, you know, loss is gain. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it at the moment because, you know, mm-hmm. we're miserable and we're sad and we're angry and, you know, we're shaking our fists at, you know, the heavens. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, we we realize like, oh, yeah, now I understand why I went through that pain, that trauma, that loss, why I had to overcome that obstacle. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to clarify that I don't ever want anyone to say that phrase to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's helpful for me to think like, if everything does happen for a reason, then what does that mean for me? Mm. And what does that mean for my life? And like, so I like to have that as like a contemplative journal exercise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't ever say it to people and I don't ever want anyone. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to clarify (laughs) that that is a terrible phrase. Yeah. It's not like something to share with people when they're trying to consult them. (laughs) Like when, yeah, someone dies and like, they're in a better place. Like I a thousand percent believe that, but like never (laughs) saying that to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's reductive. Yeah. (laughs) Megan, I feel like you've shared a lot of different principles from life coaching that are helpful for singles and, or for loss, such as like the 50, 50 thing you talked about. I think that's really profound. And then just kind of a reframing of thoughts in terms of like, things can be what you make them to be. Uh, You can assign the meaning you want to things. Is there any others you think would be helpful for singles like us, I guess, our listeners? I think I just want to reiterate that like singleness is truly a circumstance and circumstances are neutral until we have thoughts about them anything that's a circumstance is neutral until we have thoughts about it. And so getting clear that like, we're not miserable because we're single. We're miserable because of the thoughts we're having about being single. Mm -hmm. And that because 
it's a circumstance like being single or being married, like any of those, how can I say this so that it makes sense? I'm thinking in my head. So in our coaching, we talk about the model and the model is like, there's a circumstance and then we have a thought about it. And then that thought creates a feeling that feeling creates an action. And then those actions create our results. And so when I put singlehood in the model or marriage or whatever, like there's always that in the model. And then there's a thought in between any feeling that I have, and that's going to be true for anybody. And so I think for me, like I feel most at peace with my life when I just realize that someone else's life isn't actually better than mine. Like people who are married still experience all of the emotions that we experience. Like they feel discouragement and sadness and loneliness and confusion and a lack of self-worth and they feel judged and embarrassed. And, you know, like there's just all of these feelings that we kind of feel like it's just like a singlehood thing. And that like, maybe once we're not single anymore, we don't have to feel it, but it's, they feel it in just different ways. And so recognizing, like, I think we talked about, I have not started a podcast yet, but I want to. And one of the things I want to do is bring on married people and be like, Hey, tell me about being lonely because we have this idea that you guys don't get lonely. So I would love for you to debunk that. Like, (laughs) tell me about it. And I I have friends who I know would be like, I am more lonely in marriage than I ever was being single. Mm. My husband travels a lot. I don't get to have roommates anymore. Like talking to one friend, my dear friend, Hannah, she was like, she got married and she's like, marriage is awesome. She's like, but also I feel like it's just like, there's all these holes and like single being single, you know, we filled all these different holes and then marriage fills different holes, but not neither one gets to fill all the holes. Like we always have holes. Okay. And, and so they're just different. So like her husband fulfills different needs and like us as roommates fulfilled for her before yeah. she got married. And so just like taking away this facade that marriage is just like the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Which, if sure. it is for someone more power to you, but mm-hmm. out of so many friends that I have that are married, like they are just also having a very human hard experience. Mm. And so I, I think, yeah, like the most peace I find is when I just recognize that like, we're all having struggles. We all have loss. Mm-hmm. We all have good times and we all have bad times. And like, it's just the same. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. That's been like, that's when I can like show up in my life and be really happy because I don't think I'm missing out on anything. Like, I'm like, no, I'm yeah. going to get all the things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. Like maybe I'm 60 years old taking a child to kindergarten. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be amazing. What a blessing. (laughs) But like, you know, we love just like showing what's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think eternally, like we're all going to get the things that we want Mm -hmm. and singlehood doesn't have to be second rate. Like, I don't think it has to be this like, Oh, well, plan A didn't work. And then plan B and now we're on plan F. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I think if we all showed up in like that space of mm-hmm. like, my life is beautiful and big and amazing. I don't know. Maybe less of us would be single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We Who knows? Not that that's why we do that, but right. I do think if we just all like felt so much peace and confidence with who we are and where right. we're at. Yeah. And that, like God is at the helm of whatever our ship is and wherever it's going. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think we'd probably have more success. <laughs> yeah. Optimism is definitely more attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence is sexy. It is. <laughs> so, I mean, I still am not married, so I don't know. Everything I say could be total garbage, but um, no, I've been that's... happier as I've like tried to view life that way. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you are on to a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, for sure. I agree yeah. for sure. <laughs> I keep thinking about, was it, I think it was President Hinckley who was like prophet during my like teenage years. Mm-hmm. So great. I feel like he was big on that messaging, like everything will work out in the end. I don't think he, he was the one that originated this phrase, but everything will work out in the end. If it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. You know, that, that kind of idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, hear, I can hear his voice saying it. So Yeah. And that kind of like optimism. So yeah, I just love that. Those hopeful feelings of like, okay, yeah, it's all going to work out. Um Life is good now. There's like plenty to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Something I was thinking about today is like one huge benefit of being single is like those quality friendships that I think a lot of times when you have a partner, it's harder to develop other friendships. So yeah, there's just like so many good things to find. I Uh, will say though, like, you know, I don't think we need to be like, there's like toxic positivity. Right. And I think right. part of that 50, 50 is really embracing the 50% that like sucks mm-hmm. and acknowledging it. And like, uh, my sister is also actually all of my sisters are life coaches, which is weird and funny, but <laughs> one of them is a grief coach. Oh, cool. Um, Becky Beck. And she just, she just spoke at the like morning. I actually don't know what the conference is called morning and loss conference or something that BYU put on a couple weeks ago. Okay. She was one of the presenters and she presented this cool, like cycle of grief. And I was like, Whoa, who did that? And she's like, God told it to me. So, um, I was like, Oh, cool. I'll have to like cite you. But so she created this cycle or God did and told her to do it. But, you know, this first part of it is like mourning, which like mourning is an action word that we do. Like grief is a feeling and mourning is what we do with it. And so she talked about like, we really need to mourn. And I think this is with anything, especially with these like ambiguous things that occur being single of like, I'm never going to be a mom in my twenties or now I'm only going to have a geriatric pregnancy or like, mm-hmm. we're not going to look as cute in our pictures because we're both graying. Yeah. Yeah. No, like little things that you're like, gosh, yeah, fun to do 10 years ago, but like mourning that. And then she brought up this point that I hadn't really thought about is she talked about, it's so important to lament. Mm. And they talk, you know, if, and we look at the scriptures, they're lamenting all the time. And so it's just like really going to God and being like, this is hard. Mm. And like being really vocal and really honest about that. And then moving to a space of like, finding gratitude. And then her last part of that is celebrating Mm -hmm. whether that's celebrating, you know, the life of someone that's lost or just celebrating in your life. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I recently had to do that. I went on this trip to Mexico where I was the oldest girl and it was like a bunch of older guys with a bunch of young girls, just like classic. And so we go and the first night I was like really sad. And it was the day my, my sister gave that thing. So I was like, I'm going to try it out. And so I was like, 
kind of like thinking about like, I don't want to, like, it was awesome. It was such fun trip, such good people, but I'm like, I don't want to keep doing this. I actually would just rather be married with children mm-hmm. and not like on a singles trip meeting 15 strangers, which again, they're amazing. So fun. Yeah. But I like lamented, like I like went mm-hmm. on the beach, I walked and I was like, God, I am actually so over this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be doing this anymore. I don't like that I'm the oldest girl here. I feel very uncomfortable with just feeling so much older and like, I don't know, feeling like I'm like aging out and that I'm like a super senior or something. <laughs> and I just talked to him about it. And then after that, I went into like, and I'm also grateful to be in this beautiful place and to be with these amazing people. And, and then like celebrate, like I spent the rest of the trip just being happy that I got this experience to be there. But I do feel like I hope this like hour that we've been talking, I'm not like glaze over everything and just act mm-hmm. like it's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I, I do want to emphasize that like, of course we should acknowledge the loss mm-hmm. and like the grief that comes with mm-hmm. things not happening the way that we thought they would mm-hmm. and creating space for that like lamenting process. Mm-hmm. But then also finishing out that cycle and being grateful and celebrating what we do get to have because mm-hmm. it also is really good. I love that. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that's a great place to kind of wrap this up. Megan, tell us where people can find you. Do you want people to find you? <laughs> I would love for people to find me, um, to date me or to get coached <laughs> by me, all the things, be my yes. friend. Um, so you can just find me at megansolace.com. So it's okay. M-E-G-A-N-S-O-L-L-I-S.com. And there, there's just going to be a little contact me link. Um, and people can contact me there, my email or get on my schedule to have a little 30 minute, um, complimentary consultation to see. Mm. Sounds amazing. Or dating or for coaching. So either one. (laughs) Yes. All the things. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This has been so fun. I love that you've thought about doing a podcast around these issues too, Mm because I remember long before I started the podcast, I mentioned I wanted to do this and you were like, I want to do a podcast about, um, and I just want to bring my exes on and just kind of like discuss what happened with us. And I was like, I've honestly thought of that before. I think it's a brilliant (laughs) idea. So maybe we need to bring on Megan for like a limited series. Uh, bring my exes and we'll just talk about how crazy I was. It'll be so fun. (laughs) Which I'll be, I'll be the phone operator. Yeah. Like, hold for Megan. <laughs> I love it. Oh, fun. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so good to chat with you about these things. And I think yeah. it's so, I think it's so good that you're creating a space to have these conversations because yeah, if half of us here are single, then like, there's a lot more conversations to be had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So many nuances to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been beautiful for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love having people like you on with all these really insightful perspectives. 